You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For the ANA Champions of Growth Podcast, I'm Matthew Schwartz. The pandemic has taken a severe toll on moviegoing total screens in the U.S. declining by around 3,000 to just under 40,000 since 2019. COVID was also the culprit for National Sin Media, or NCM, which sells ad time around pre-movie content in theaters and filed for Chapter 11 last April. But the company emerged from a voluntary bankruptcy this summer, shedding more than a billion dollars in debt in the process. NCM is now releasing a suite of products designed to bring in new brands, and the company is embarking on an aggressive plan to boost programmatic ad buys. Mike Rosen, Chief Revenue Officer at National Sin Media, insists that despite the headwinds, in-cinema advertising remains a viable marketing vehicle for brands and organizations. He joins me now to talk about the company's new ad services, how in-cinema advertising stacks up against linear TV and CTV when it comes to moving the marketing needle, and whether movie theaters are in need of reinvention to stay viable with consumers who have pledged their allegiance to streaming entertainment, watching what they want, when they want. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me here today. Mike, National Sin Media filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy earlier this year due to pandemic-related losses. Can you update the status of the company and the financial restructuring just to get that out of the way? Absolutely. I'm very pleased to confirm that about a month ago, NCM successfully completed its financial restructuring. So we emerged from the Chapter 11 process with the elimination of over a billion dollars in debt. So that allow NCM to realize even greater potential as the leader in cinema advertising in this country. So a very bright future ahead for us. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. I want to get to some of the ad services the company provides. And more specifically, in August, NCM announced plans to sell movie screen inventory programmatically starting in Q4. Now, the promise of programmatic, of course, is to reach people on a one-to-one basis. But in the theater, the ads reach dozens, if not hundreds of people at once. So my question is, how do you reconcile the programmatic buy for movie theaters in terms of marrying the efficiency of programmatic with data-driven targeting? And it's kind of part of a larger vision through NCMX, which we'll talk more about later about our data and analytics platform, to bring as much advanced data as possible to the decisioning process for cinema which unlocks greater value from anyone's cinema ad purchase. So to your point, one-to-one targeting is often one way for data to inform and optimize a media buying decision, whether as managed service, you know, direct the way it's done traditionally or programmatic. But actually, it's not the only way that data can add precision and even greater ROI. Our programmatic platform will allow targeting by movie genre, by title, as well as down to the zip code level. At each one of NCM's over 19,000 screens across the country is addressable for ad serving. That's kind of a level of customization that's tailor-made for data-informed decisioning within a DSP 
even if it's not necessarily one-to-one, but you can still get better targeting, more precision through the data-informed decisioning through programmatic across the MCM network. So not necessarily one-to-one, but more hyper-segmentation? Segmentation, both at a specific title audience level of different proclivities people have for different types of movies, but really importantly, at the geo level. There are some major differences in purchase buying behavior based on where someone lives and therefore the theater, their local theater that they go to. So we already do find in our direct buys as we apply data in a geo way that we can really get dramatically different results based on what types of products are being sold in what areas based on the data-informed geography of the media buy. Is the geo becoming a much bigger consideration for the ad buyer? Definitely. We can do everything from determining trade zones. Where are the closest theaters in relationship to someone's retail location or dining establishment, as well as different sensitivities about product purchase decisions that are made and propensity to buy different types of products, whether it's a different type of vehicle, a pickup truck versus an electric vehicle. There are a lot of different nuances in terms of at the geo zip code level. So the data will unlock that both in our day-to-day uh, application of our NCMX platform for our direct buys, as well as what it will mean to our programmatic offering. And I want to circle back for a moment regarding the programmatic effort. And you have said, Mike, that the goal is, quote, not about just trying to sell remnant unsold inventory at the right. last minute before showtime, but bringing in new advertisers yeah. that may not be buying cinema inventory. Are new advertisers biting? We haven't technically gone to market yet, but even just the announcement has brought a tremendous amount of interest. Programmatic often gets a bad rap as sort of this remnant race to the bottom marketplace, but that's not the case when the inventory that's actually being transacted is scarce high volume premium video inventory. So our programmatic roadmap simply will allow more advertisers, both current NCM customers, as well as those who do not currently buy direct from NCM to take advantage of the world's best professionally produced brand safe video content. And that is in desperate need from the programmatic marketplace. That's what it's missing. The data is there the amazing technology to transact seamlessly is there, whether it's through uh, private marketplaces or open open exchange. But what's really missing is enough great quality inventory. And that's where the promise of, of NCM's inventory being part of it has generated so much great initial interest. How much of a void in the marketplace do you see in terms of innovative creative? If you ask most marketers, what they wish there was more of, it would be that high value inventory. There's a lot of that long tail, lower value inventory, which is part of why there's that reputation for remnant. There's almost unlimited amount of display advertising, but when it comes to the true highest of the high quality premium video, that's brand safe. So we don't have any of the issues that, that are plaguing the world of social media and digital. We don't have issues with bots or fraud or MFA sites where there's a real question about whether the ads that are running are running in appropriate environments and actually being seen by humans. 
We are all about the half a billion or so impressions, uh, moviegoers that show up at NCM theaters throughout the year. They are all humans, not a single bot is allowed in the theater. So all those impressions are great, high quality, human consumed. And as we'd love to talk about more, the highest attention and engagement of all the media that's out there. So from a quality of media point of view, doesn't get any better than what we're offering to the marketplace, but now we're offering it to a broader marketplace than our traditional direct sale approach. Mike, I want to talk about NCM partnerships mm-hmm. with brands like Yahoo and YouTube that enable NCM to package ad inventory for retargeting specific segments of moviegoers based on their interests. So can you take us through how these partnerships work for brands and what kind of returns they garner? Like programmatic, those digital partnerships are just another organic outgrowth of the significant database foundation that is NCMX, our data platform. We have over a 180-day look-back window. We can identify in a privacy-compliant way over 43 million unique households, or about 90 million people in the U.S., which allows us to offer advertisers a way to build upon their cinema buys, so they're running on the big screen, but they can also purchase high-quality, data-informed digital audience extension that by identifying a marketer's high-value audience is based on the first, second, and third-party data that we curate. It's another way to apply the insights, the knowledge, the data to other media outside of our owned and operated ecosystem and bring even more value, extend the reach, continue the dialogue with the consumer, both before they go to the theater and after they leave the theater. So it really provides a a kind of 360 multi-touch point solution to advertisers. And are you seeing growing demand among advertisers for those kinds of extensions in terms of integrating with other channels? What our clients are looking for is more holistic solutions of how, how they can not only reach a consumer with their message, but be able to follow through, be able to continue that conversation. And the big screen ad is such an incredibly powerful way to get their attention, both literally and figuratively. So our ability then to retarget them, once you have, you've gotten their attention, once you've gotten them to think about a brand differently, to be able to follow through and have that same group of customers receive follow-up offers, additional information, continue that dialogue. I think that's part of the consumer journey of marketing. And we're in that really unique place where we're a critical component but it also can lead to that continued dialogue so that we work throughout the funnel or the consumer journey as the marketer is trying to continue that dialogue with their consumers. I do want to talk about as NCM's own data and analytics platform, NCX. Mike, without getting too far stuck in the weeds, how does it work? And what's the added value the company's brand advertisers who are considering myriad choices they have on where to place their ad dollars? To understand how important NCMX as a data platform is to our business, you need to understand that the cinema industry has always been given credit for the last 20 or so years as a very powerful upper funnel branding media. Most advertisers and agencies knew that that was a pretty powerful part of the value that we brought. Cinema was not recognized for driving mid and lower funnel performances. We simply didn't have the data and the measurement capabilities to prove that correlation. 
to change and expand that perception NCM through NCMX, which is our data and analytics platform, now shines a light on cinema as a performance media, as a performance platform that we can and have proven across most major ad categories that we can measure that the fact that ads on the big screen not only do still raise brand opinion and consideration, so we do still do a great job upper funnel, but we can also literally drive greater traffic and sales that prove out the efficacy as cinema being one of the industry's most valuable in delivering actual return on ad spend. That's a game changer. And as you and your the ANA clients know, our industry has focused on so-called exposure-based metrics for comparing and valuing media ad options since about 1950. Media decisions have been largely based on merely what, what's always been known as, quote-unquote, the opportunity to see. We believe that after 70 years of exposure-based metrics, it's way past time to upgrade the way we evaluate competing media based on the ability to drive business outcomes, which is really what matters. Stay with us. There's more to come. We now take a break for a brief message regarding Greater Good Magazine. Greater Good covers a wide array of brands and organizations that are looking to do good for humanity. Stories run the gamut, from a program sponsored by Chipotle to reduce food insecurity, to the eco-initiatives of the U.S. Postal Service, to the New York Islanders providing funding for canines to become guide dogs. The publication is designed to inspire marketers along with the real-world intelligence they need to drive growth and boost their value. Find the publication at www.ana.net slash champions of greater good. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Mike Rosen, Chief Revenue Officer at National Sin Media, about trends in in-cinema advertising and the value it offers brand advertisers. Mike, just to switch gears, how do you think the dual strikes by SAG and the Writers Guild which have brought Hollywood production to a grinding halt, will have on in cinema advertising, a la delays in the releases of several potential blockbusters, whether it's Lord of the Rings or Godzilla. And regardless of when the strikes are settled, do you think they may set the cause for in cinema advertising back a few years? We, of course, hope that the parties resolve their differences soon. There's so many individuals' lives depend upon the production of great original content. But we're as confident as ever in the long-term health of the cinema industry. Despite the naysayers, cinema has thrived for over 125 years, from way back in 1896, when Thomas Edison introduced the Vitascope Theater back in Buffalo as the first ever dedicated theater to showcase films. And cinema has survived world wars, the depression, pandemics, the invention of TV, VHS tapes, DVDs, DVD, DVRs, and yes, even streaming. And it continues to be the favorite place for tens of millions of people to get together each week for a shared social experience. Despite the, the short-term uh, setbacks, we are as confident as ever in the future of cinema as a really unique and special place for people to gather. Where do you think in-cinema advertising resides when you consider media consumption trends? Just wanted to point out a comparison, which is that half of U.S. linear households saw just 8% of TV ads in the first half of the year, according to Saba TV's State of Viewership report released in August. Can you talk about those numbers in the context of an NCM report released earlier this year showing that cinema is the one medium left that is fully opt-in and on demand where consumers have solid ad recall? 
That Samba study is really eye-opening and gets to the heart of the unique value of the cinema-going audience. Yeah, advertisers and media agencies are dealing with what I would call a reach crisis in the premium video landscape right now. And I think the Samba study really highlights that. Yes, half the population is consuming 92% of all the linear TV ads with each of them being exposed to about 150 TV ads a day, according to that study. The other half of the population is only consuming 8% of all the commercials and only about 14 ads per day per person. So if you think about it, half the country, most of them over the age of 50, are being bombarded with excessive frequency, which has itself been proven to be damaging to brands, while the other half, through cord cutting and other ad avoidance behavior, cannot be effectively reached at all by marketers through their legacy mix of ad-supported linear TV, as well as ad-supported streaming. So this is especially true with the young, diverse audiences, as ad-supported TV is basically irrelevant to the lives of the typical millennial or Gen Z, which is why the median age of television has crept to nearly 60 years of age. On the other hand, the movie-going audience has a median age of 30 with a very diverse audience mix. So cinema actually delivers that missing critical reach that Samba has identified of those high-spending consumers who have subscribed their way out of advertising at home. What were some of the most salient aspects of the NCM study, particularly when talking about so-called attention metrics mm -hmm. and how in-cinema advertising stacks up against linear TV and CTV when it comes to moving the needle for marketers? You go to the movies, the conventional wisdom is that people get there, they plop down and they take out their smartphones and they're just wedded to their smartphones until the movie starts and are not necessarily paying attention to the ads that are running on screen. Is that sort of a myth that's developed in the marketplace? Well, we tested that myth. And yes, you know, we live in an attention economy. As I said before, when that, that half the population is getting bombarded just on television with 150 ads a day, never mind everything else that they're getting hit with. In this attention economy, what's more important than knowing if an ad was served to a home or an individual, it's actually more important to understand if the recipient of that ad actually engaged with that ad. The good news is there are now companies that measure the relative attention of competing media platforms. Did you actually pay attention to the ad? And Lumen Research recently applied that approach to the movie-going audience in the U.S. with eye-tracking studies in the cinema to see if people in their seats, to your point, are they on their phones or are their eyes looking at the screen during the ads themselves? We weren't concerned with whether they're watching the movies or not, but are they watching the ads because we're serving that marketplace and want to make sure that there is great engagement to the advertising itself. And the findings were literally eye-opening, pun intended, as Lumen found that 97% of the moviegoers they tracked had their eyes on the big screen during the commercials. And that on top of that, they watched for almost 22 seconds out of every 30-second ad. By sake of comparison, other companies have studied attention on the TV screen at home, T-Vision, uh, a prominent one. They found that as opposed to 97% that I mentioned in the movie theater, only about 35 to 38% of those on their couch are paying attention to the screen 
during the TV ads. And in that case, only for about 11 or 12 seconds versus the 22 seconds of the 30-second ad. And in fact, when the ads come on at home, often about a third of the TV viewers actually leave the room completely. So that old principle of opportunity to see really is opportunity to flee as people in their home just get out of Dodge while the commercials are on and go make a snack or go use the restroom. While in the theater, they are not only sitting in their seats, they are fully paying attention to the ads. And when you consider the rise of streaming TV and digital sophistication in home entertainment, what could brands do to enhance the movie going experience? What does the experience look like in the not too distant future? Is there a reinvention in the offing in which brands are doing a lot more than the ad creative presented in the theater? Despite the rise of streaming at home as an alternative to legacy linear TV viewing, there's nothing like the in-home that compares to what cinema offers, which is that shared experience and that having a hundred or more friends, families, neighbors in a darkened theater together to immerse yourselves in great storytelling. So everything just becomes larger. Comedies are funnier, thrillers are scarier, dramas are more dramatic. And yes, even the commercials are more engaging and effective when they're experienced together. Now, having said that, we're always working with our client partners, ANA, and their their agencies to further enhance the experience, including greater interactivity with the ads themselves, because people are there, they they do, they have their phones at their side. So do we give them a chance to go a little deeper with a brand, whether it's through QR codes, other technologies? We are constantly evolving, innovating, finding ways to make the power of that 50-foot screen and sight sound and motion and emotion even work harder. Does the commercial in cinema ultimately move toward becoming more like a movie in and of itself? And that's where the proliferation of brand studios in the last several years comes in? We love that trend. Commercials can be some of our culture's greatest forms of storytelling. And we love the fact that marketers want to go beyond the confines of the 30-second spot to tell longer-form stories about their brands. What's so interesting is so many brands and creative agencies are struggling now. How on earth to get across their brand messaging in the one, two, three seconds that they're given to breathe in social media? Because that's about all they have in those platforms. We go in the opposite direction. We embrace the opportunity to literally take their time and showcase brand stories that can run up to five minutes or more. And we've seen brands take advantage of that and have a great audience that wants storytelling. They, they, they come primed to listen and immerse themselves in story and a longer form brand story works perfectly in the cinema. And as we start to wrap up, Mike, how do brands cross market in cinema advertising with other marketing channels, whether it's signage with QR codes in the lobby or integrating with streaming programming so brands can create better scale between the theatrical release and the release on streaming channels 45 days later, which is the new model after the industry tried the simultaneous day and date model. NCM's approach is about bringing to bear the full power of the movie going audience not just about the main screen in the auditorium, even though that's our core, but also complementary experiential touch points in the movie theater lobbies and on lobby screens that we control and can have advertising there. So you have 
multi-touch points in addition to what we talked about before, the retargeting digitally after they leave the cinema. So cinema, it's a unique and key part of the consumer journey. And we can thread together, we can tie together that consumer brand connection before, during, and after. And, you know, you mentioned the day and date model that they tested, especially during COVID. It was simply proven to be a flawed model as windowing remains the most valuable and effective way for movies to reach the greatest audiences and earn the most revenue for the studios. The studios have seen for themselves that an exclusive theatrical window of 45 days or more not only provides a critical revenue stream before the film goes to either pay on demand or straight to streaming, but also creates a critical marketing window that enhances that movie's value when it does hit those secondary and tertiary markets. Without a cinema window, most movies get lost in the confusing, very hard to navigate world of streaming, but with the momentum of a strong theatrical window, consumers more likely seek it out once it hits the streamers. So windowing is truly a win-win for all parties and looks to be the future for the industry from this point forward. So you think marketers are really in the nascent stage when it comes to taking advantage of the 45-day model? Marketers, when they come to us, they're not thinking about the windowing. They're thinking about how do I best engage the consumers I want to reach during the period of time they want to be in flight. So most of them are, we're syncing up with their schedule when when, when they have brand launches, when they have retail events, when they're, they have special offers. So I don't think they care as much about how the sausage gets made as long as the great sausage is there. The, the windowing is really within the industry as between the studios and the exhibitors. The marketer is a beneficiary of the fact that this model works and it creates this vitality to the cinema window, which from an advertiser point of view allows them to have this really unique platform. And we'll have to leave it there. Mike Rosen, Chief Revenue Officer at National Sin Media. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Matthew. Really appreciate the time. You bet. To learn more about National Sin Media and the Attention Metrics Study, go to ncm. Com. Be sure to tune in next time when I'll be joined by Erica Katz, head of brand marketing at New York Roadrunners, to talk about the organization's recent rebranding and the accompanying marketing campaign for the New York City Marathon, November 5th. If you would like to recommend a guest or topic for a future episode, please email me at mschwartz at ana.net. And be sure to subscribe to Champions of Growth wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.